Hi everyone, welcome to the Environmental Studies podcast called Office Hours. I'm Kathy, our, one of the peer advisors here with Environmental Studies. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm an Environmental Studies with a concentration in agroecology with justice major along with a social double major. And I'm currently a fourth year, fourth and final quarter here, which is insane to think about. But today for office hours, I'm joined with Riri Shibata, our undergraduate advisor here with Environmental Studies. If you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, hey y'all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Riri, my pronouns are she, hers. Um, I'm the undergrad advisor and program coordinator for the Environmental Studies Department um, at UC Santa Cruz. And I'm really excited for our very first podcast here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited as well. This is the first of many um, and hopefully Ha, we'll have plenty of guests here joining us talking about just their experiences with education in undergrad, research, and so many other um, topics and issues in environmental studies. So to get us started today, I just sort of want to ask, how has working from home been for you? And sort of what are some things that you've done to help manage the transition to online and remote learning? Yeah, that thanks for that question, because it has been a crazy shift to work from home. I think the first few months it was really exciting because your commute is so close. You just get up and <laughs> and go to work. Oh. Um, but I think lately it's, I, I think the transition from working from home has been um, challenging in, in so many different ways. Um, but I think I'm slowly, um, as we move towards, you know, going back in person again, I'm finally sort of getting into a habit of developing better um, um, times for breaks, you know, having a separation physically with my work and home space. Um, maybe that's, you know, having, you know, wearing different clothes while I'm working and, or just listening to different music or having a fun like beverage to, you know, you know, maybe like a good latte or a tea or something while I'm working, just so I can get in a good headspace when I'm working. And then, you know, take taking those things away. And then, you know, being back in my house and having my own sort of um, personal space too. Um, so that transition um, has been challenging. But with these new habits, I'm hopefully able to kind of have a better sense. But yeah, I, I know that it's been really challenging for, for students, especially. Um, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is to once not live at home and then having to go back home and live there again is just really di difficult or you were excited to leave home, but now you aren't, you know, so there's so many different challenges here. But um, yeah, how has it been for you, Kathy? Yeah, you know, working and doing school online, especially in my whole last year has been such a interesting experience, I will say. Um, it's been like over a year since a lot of things have been online for a lot of us students here at UCSD. So it's definitely a transition, but trying to make the best and get the most out of it, at least while, like I just said, I'm in my last quarter. So I'm trying to look at the positives. Um, but yeah, I'm back at home, which leads me to ask you, I sort of we want to sort of get to know, you know, faculty and staff and everyone a little bit deeper. And the whole point of this is to sort of just connect with each other and get to know one another while we are in this really weird, strange remote time. So I think just starting off, I want to get to know where are you from? You know, what what is your hometown? Anything you want to share about just yeah, about where you're from? Yeah, I am currently in Santa Cruz. Um, it's nice and sunny here, um, but I'm originally, I was born in Japan, Tokyo, Japan, and I moved to America when I was two with my family. Um, and um, I've spent most of my life in San Diego. Um, and um, I moved up here to go to college and at UC Santa Cruz. So I majored in environmental studies and legal studies. So um, I'm an alumni from, from Santa Cruz. Um, but yeah, so those are my whereabouts. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like you kind of went from place to place growing up. Do you like have any really fond experiences of those places that you did grow up or, you know, where where was your favorite place to like live and to be? Yeah, I it's 
I, I've stuck with coastal areas, it seems like, but mm -hmm. I, I think I love being by the beach. I love being by, by also Santa Cruz itself. I, I um, when I first visited um, for orientation, that was when I just completely fell in love with the campus. And so one of my favorite memories is just being on campus, honestly, with my friends and, you know, and also visiting for the first time and just being surrounded by the forest and hiking to get to class and forgetting that you're on campus a little bit. And I think that's the really unique thing about being in Santa Cruz. So those are the things that I loved. Um, I also, um, I, I lived in Japan for a couple years when um, I was in elementary school, and that really changed my perspective of being a Japanese person. And I think when I moved at a really young age to America, I only thought of myself as someone, you know, with who had Japanese parents, but I was American and I lived here. But when I went back to Japan, you know, in, in for a couple years, I, I, I you know, got to connect with my family a little bit more. I got to, you know, really immerse myself in my own culture and those are also one of my favorite memories in that place too. Um, and kind of being proud of where I'm from and um, feeling a sense of belonging with my culture too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest things is like growing up and your experiences growing up really shape who you are as a person. So what were your interests sort of growing up and especially being able to live in such different places in terms of diversity and just cultural backgrounds as well? Yeah, yeah. I think I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do because I think I had, I've always been having some sort of like identity crisis maybe <laughs> where I'm just like, you know, I grew up in, I grew up in San Diego and um, I, I think I did a lot of sports or I, you know, participated in a lot of different activities and stuff like that, but I never really felt like I, you know, fit in with certain things and um I had a lot of challenges with that, but I think something that I always really resonated with was working around people, being around people, and also finally realizing that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of a lot of mentorship and a lot of people helping me through and, and helping me realize who I am. And so I think that all together culminates to something that I love doing, which is advising and mentoring and helping people make decisions um, or supporting them while they're making decisions. And so I think as I was younger, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I think I always was, I always had a connection with um, having a immediate kind of um, immediate reinforcement with something that I'm doing. So that's one thing that I, I loved, but being around people, um, those are a couple of things that I love doing. But another thing too, is just being around nature and being around um, really great environment too, is always, always something that I was interested in. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree with not knowing what you want to do, especially growing up. And even now it's kind of hard to really even know what I want to do. So I'm totally echo everything you just said, but you did spend time here at UCSC, your alumni. So do you want to walk us through sort of your years here in undergraduate and what you studied and just like your favorite parts of being a UCSC alumni? Yeah. So I majored in environmental studies and legal studies. Um, I came in as an environmental studies major because I was interested in studying the environment, mostly because I took AP environmental studies. And I think that goes for a lot of people too, but um <laughs> I also thought that it was a really great place to study it too, because we're surrounded by the forest, the ocean, the mountains, and all the things that are, help us study the environment too. And so um, UC Santa Cruz felt like a really great fit for me. Um, I think just how everybody else feels, the first years of your college experience is just super challenging. Um, but I think what really circled back and sort of connected me with, with with school and building my character and my identity were some of the classes that I got to take and then I got to choose. Um, and those moments where I turned my reason for wanting to go to school around and I made it something that was for me rather than just getting a degree. Um, and 
one of the classes that really helped me were um, my college core classes. Um, and then also when I took writing too. Um, with writing too, the, the second part of your writing requirement, you get to choose any type of, you know, writing uh, subject that you want to want to uh, do. And I got to choose, I, I choose food because I love food. I love everything about it. I love eating it, making it, all the things. So I chose that. And during that class, we had to work on a research proposal. And I came across some of the articles around different food diets, different people who live a really long time because they eat, you know, certain types of foods or something like that. And I came across the word blue zones. And one of the places that are called blue zones was Japan. Um, and it, it kind of just clicked with me with all different aspects. I was really missing home at the time. And I felt a bit of cultural dissonance a bit too. Um, I think, you know, eating all that dining hall food is really good too. But I also missed, you know, being at home, eating my mom's cooking, my, my mom's food. And it's something about eating food makes you sort of connected with your culture again, because it's the one thing that you can still sort of make, even if you're far away from home. Um, and without those ingredients, without like, you know, my mom, my mom being around, um, I felt, you know, homesick. And I think I really resonated with the fact that I found something that Japan was leading in, and it felt really, it felt like something that I could take, I took pride in the fact that you know, this Japanese prefecture is leading the world in, you know, having a really good and healthy life. And so I thought that was so exciting. And I felt really connected to that. And that immediately made me want to do, you know, that project in writing too. And so I decided to study these centennials in Okinawa, Japan, and to, to find why they were living so for so long and what they were eating and all the great habits they were having. And so I, I, I started that research project during writing too. And I, I started to become more and more interested in it. And I had the opportunity to do different research projects throughout my time at UCSC. And during that time, I came across one of the most incredible people that I'll, I'll still, I'll never know how to express my most sincere gratitude towards, but um, I, her name is Flora Liu. Um, I know a lot of you might know her, but she's one of the most amazing, inspiring professors that I've ever had. Um, but I got to work with her alongside my, re uh, work with her to mentor my, the research that I was really interested in doing. Um, and that, that whole experience really changed um, how I went through college, what kinds of classes I decided to start picking and taking. Um, and the reasons for why I wanted to take those classes. And I started to take initiative um, of an initiative and um, pride and gratitude towards the fact that I was able to educate myself and take these classes. And towards the end of my senior year, I got to do a senior thesis project. And yeah, I know that was a lot, but those are, that was sort of my long sort of experience through college. But yeah, yeah, I had a amazing time at UC Santa Cruz. And that's partly why I still work here, because I really believe and value the the kinds of resources and opportunities that UC Santa Cruz gives and gave to me. Um, and that's what I get to do today and uh, relay that to students too. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And you, like you were saying, your thesis was um, something that you completed in your senior, senior thesis, you completed that here at your time with Flora Liu. Do you, do you want to walk us through sort of a little bit more about the specifics of the research you did, how you went, how that process was, like what, you know, did you get to go to Japan? Did you get to work with people? Like, what was that process like? And what advice would you give to undergrads looking to do a thesis? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, one thing is that anybody could do research. Like, you're already doing research if you're just curious about something and you're looking into it. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of resources here and there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but after I took writing too, I got to be a part of the challenge program at UCSC, which is a really great program that connects you with um, different researchers on campus. And it helps you kind of um, get the resources to actually do research. And um, 
one of the assignments was to um, start working with a professor on a research project um, and kind of write a paper about the project you're doing. Um, and after I, um, after I took that, while I was taking EMBS 100 and L, the core class for environmental studies, a really great guest speaker came in and that was Flora Liu. And um, she did, she, her research was so inspiring. Um, and the way that she described the way she did her research was really interesting. And I went up to her after class. I was super nervous. I've never talked to a faculty person before. And I went up to her and I asked her to see if I could just, I just, I didn't know what I needed, but I just wanted to talk to her more. Um, and I wanted to know how she got to where she is now. Um, you know, any types of advice she would have for me. And um, I got a chance to talk with her and I encourage you to any student to do that. Um, a lot of our faculty are so kind and so open to talking to anybody. And I think that if you, it's, it's important to ask people why they, where, how they got to where they are. And I think those are the first things that I, um, that I did with, with Professor Liu. And um, she helped me sort of like flesh out my ideas and flesh out the interests that I had. And um, I also was able to apply for different scholarships and grants that uh, I didn't even know about this, but there's so many opportunities for students to apply for awards and scholarships at UCSC. And um, I applied to some of those. And with that, I was able to actually go to Okinawa in Japan and do really awesome research. Um, and I actually got to interview people there and um, ask people questions about their, their daily lived experiences. And um, I actually got, got to do some of the work that I wanted to do. But the thing that really shocked me well, the minute I got there was the amount of noise that was coming from the military occupation there. I think what was really inspiring, what was really important for me was that the fact that I actually got to be in, in Okinawa and actually absorb the the some a little even a little bit about the daily experiences there and when I was there and interviewing students I kept getting interrupted by the the really huge military jets and military planes that were flying over, right over your head um, and along with that I also noticed the amount of different um, a lot of it felt it didn't feel a lot like Japan to me there was a lot of um, American restaurants and it, it, there are a lot of different like accommodations for different military occupants and I noticed the, I, I noticed a lot of those little bits and details and um, the more I looked into um, the the current state of um, the health of Okinawans I learned that they were actually number one in, in um, longevity but over the, the few years they were completely at the very bottom of longevity ranking and they were no longer living as long as they used to. And it was because of different high, cal high calorie diets, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, kind of food related issues. And um, I wanted, after I left Okinawa, I, I realized I wanted to sort of shift my question and see how the military occupation was actually impacting the people that were living there and their well being. Um, and so I got to do some more research with um, along with different resources I had on, on campus, like Professor Hiroshi Fukurai at Legal Studies and Sociology, um, who really helped me with understanding the international laws there in Japan and um, in the US too. Um, and a lot of different professors like Professor Alan Christie, um, Professor Nancy Chen, um, and different professors on campus that really helped guide the ways that I should be thinking about this. And I think the other, Thing that I would add to is that you don't need to stick with just one professor. There's so many other professors too that can help you with different things and information that they might have. And so I, I think that um, I, I think it's I think that was one of the key things that really helped me too. And having a lot of different resources on campus and not having realized that until you know a lot of professors were able to kind of help me guide through those processes and. Um, having the ability to fund myself to also go to Japan again for the second time in the summer and do some research again for five weeks this time um, and ask how the military occupation 
actually understand a little bit more about the different impacts of the military occupation on their foodways, their daily lived experiences and other things. And um, after that, I, I got to complete two theses. Um, I completed one with legal studies and I got to complete one with environmental studies too. And um, I think it was just a really incredible and empowering experience too. I think it's one thing to be able to sort of, you know, have a lot of these connections, a lot of these like faculty really teach, like you get to learn a lot from, but also this sort of like confidence I was building over time where I think when I started here, I was like shaking when I was went going to Professor Lou's office hours to, you know, not being afraid to email people because I just was really curious and really excited and really realize the fact that people are here to help you. And I think those are the things that really helped shift the way I thought about people in general and how, um, how kind people can be and how much help there is to offer. And um, I think those are the things that really shifted and helped me like boost my confidence and understanding of, of why it's so important to, um, you know, do certain projects of your own, um, ask for help, um, and all these kinds of things. But yeah. 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 I think it's super interesting hearing about thesis and internships. And also because the thesis is something that you, you sort of, you do it on your own, you know, so you set your own time frame, you set, you know, your own goals. So yeah, it's super great to hear about, especially as an undergrad myself, um, and I'm sure others will be really excited to hear about it too. I think I sort of also want to know, we're talking a lot about sort of the academic part of your undergrad and things you've done, but what experiences in your undergraduate career, maybe that aren't specifically academic based or maybe opportunities based um, experiences, like which ones do you cherish the most? Yeah, like uh, non-academic. Really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fun question. I think Hmm. I think when I got to live with a house full of friends and cook dinner together and before then I didn't really know how to cook and <laughs> I think like having a group of like 19 20 year olds and you know like making food together um and going out and getting groceries and just having like I think the cool the thing that I cherish the most I think is like the great thing about I think college is that like maybe in other circumstances too, you'll have this, but like, like there's, it's like very little where you'll have like 20,000 people having the same issue at the same time where it's like, it's midterm week, everybody is upset or like it's finals week, people are feeling it. Like wherever you go, like there is something you'll share and something that everybody is feeling and everybody can connect with. And I think that like collective, maybe if it's like happiness, you know, collective like stress of vinyls or midterm or like this one professor, or this one class or something like something you can share or a roommate or I don't know, like, like it's, it's amazing that support system and that, that kind of community that you feel when you're in college. I think those are the memories I cherish the most, um, you know, just like being at the library and you can collectively groan together or, you know, I think yeah. those are the kinds of moments I cherish the most. And I think while you're developing your character identity by, you know, the classes you take that really speak to you, or, you know, maybe you had a really good walk to class or, you know, different kinds of experiences you have that really question what you used to know and, you know, like kind of start to think differently while also meeting people from all over the world um, and making friendships. Um, it just all comes at once. And it's just such a huge growing period. Um, and it's, I think all of that is um, hopefully non-academic, but it, it, it just, it just involves academics too, but it's, it's all of that, that um, I'll always remember and just always be so be, be so grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. There's really, I, there's no good way to describe a feeling of sitting at SME and everyone there is like studying for midterms and you're all just like that that is definitely a thing that I've noticed too yeah. also walking to class and everyone's like huffing and puffing on their way yeah to, up to class <laughs> is the funniest thing always <laughs> yeah that's yeah. yeah but yeah that it's super interesting always to hear about 
others experiences in undergrad especially because I think we all we all go through the similar like notions but everyone truly does have a different experience and you know getting to the finish line of your undergrad experience and with that being said you you graduated from UCSC and you're currently now you know still working here like you said you loved it so much that you stayed do you want to walk us through your career path sort of to being our undergraduate advisor now because I know it's a little bit different than maybe some others who directly go into grad school or you know just have other experiences yeah do you just want to walk us through like how how you got here yeah I I I think I think that during my first year, I was like, I'm going to be an environmental lawyer. Like, I know it. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Um, and I think over, like, the years, I became less and less and less sure what I wanted to do because there were more and more things that I was interested in. And I couldn't categorize it or bottle it into one profession. And I think the one thing that really tripped me was the fact that um, I was thinking about my postgrad career as my forever career. And I think that... I I didn't want to go back home. And even though I I had the privilege to be able to, I didn't want to go back home. And I didn't, I wanted to be able to find a career that would sustain me. And um, I I only thought about it something that would be permanent, not temporary. And so with that mindset, I wasn't really, I didn't really think about what I actually wanted to do. um, And what some things that were really, that I was not just good at, but I felt good doing. Um, and I think some of the things I wish I had done was, I think everybody hears this over and over again, was to do more internships, um, and different opportunities too, and connect with a lot of people, because I think it's a great way of like doing a trial run of different careers that you might be interested in. Um, but after I graduated and up until I was about to graduate, I was just so unsure about what I wanted to do. And it felt like everybody around me was like, oh, I already did the GRE and I already applied to grad school and you know, I've been doing this, this. Um, and it really scared me because it felt like everyone around me during my junior and senior year, everybody knew what they were doing and everything. And that really scared me. Um, but after I graduated, I or while I was graduating, I um, emailed some, some faculty that I knew that were, or that I didn't know too, that were doing research in areas that I might be interested in. I knew that I had, had, had a lot of experience doing research. And so I thought that that was something that I should be doing. And so I applied, I emailed to a bunch of faculty to see if they knew of any jobs and I really recommend, you know, reaching out to faculty just in general too, to because they're experts in the field. They've already gone through college and they're out in the workforce, and there's they're they're on the same floor of the 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 building that you're you're in when you're when you're taking classes, and they're your teachers. And I think that they're your great re, they're a great resource. And so um, I emailed some of them. They sent me some resources, and um, I also googled a bunch of random like social science research firms because I was doing research within that field and I found a really cool research company in the Bay Area because I knew I wanted to stay in the Bay Area. I had friends that were still here and I still really loved it here and I had like dreams of living in San Francisco and like Berkeley and stuff like that and I really wanted to stay here. So I knew I solidified those things, the things I knew I wanted to wanted to keep which are living in the Bay Area and maybe doing some research. And I Googled some places, I cold emailed some places. And those few months after college, like I wish I could say something different, but like for me personally, it was really hard. And I think that for a lot of my friends, it was really hard too. It's like a time where for the first time you're not a student anymore and you're a full full on like adult adult in the real world. And there's no classes that you have to take next or no classes that you you have to graduate with or whatever you know it's like the first time you're not a student and so that was a really challenging moment but I think um after my first job experience I re-realized that I some of the things that I really liked doing while I was an undergrad was being a peer advisor I was a peer advisor at environmental studies just like Kathy here and I um I got to revisit the the kind of moments that I really enjoyed the most which are conversations where students really opened up to me or really 
having a great experience really, you know, helping people get to sort of, you know, resources that they needed or something. But I also remembered the really great um, opportunities I had with working with faculty peers and staff too, um, where they mentored me and really helped me get, um, get different help that I needed. And I, I was really lucky that the environmental studies department was hiring an advisor and I decided to apply to become an advisor again. And um, yeah, those are some, that's sort of my path here, but I think it was a mix of accepting that I didn't know what I wanted to do, reaching out to people, just getting my feet wet and just like starting something, whether that's like maybe not something you're interested in. And then being able to say that like, this first job wasn't for me and quitting when I needed to. And then, you know, understanding what I really, really like to do, even if it's really simple, like I just like being around people. Okay. So what are some jobs that I can do with that? And kind of going from there and talking to as many people as possible and um, asking for help, seeing how they got to where they are really changed the way I think about, um, I thought about the different opportunities that I might have. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of where I am, but Kathy, how are you feeling about graduating and everything you're you're so close but I'm sure it's really really scary right now with the pandemic and everything but how are you feeling yeah it's it's terrifying but I think like it is something that I'm taking day by day and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of students too can definitely echo with not knowing what life is without school that for the most part a lot of students go through their years um, up until finishing like undergraduate just doing school and knowing school and, you know, maybe having some jobs on the side, but yeah, it's, it's a very weird experience knowing that in a couple months I won't have to do readings and log on to canvas and check my portal and all that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I definitely think like with what you just said and how you sort of went about not going to graduate school, um, and still being able to sort of find something that you are really interested in working with, like what are sort of tips in terms of finding jobs and being able to sort of get to like a place where you are actively looking for jobs and yeah any tips and like jobs job finding would be great (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) um but yeah I I I hear I hear you though like it's really challenging but I think um I just sometimes people are like it's okay you got this whatever it's like really (laughs) Chloe. And it's, and it's nice to hear, you know, it's like validating, but maybe some like actual, maybe like some tangible things. I think one is like one, something that helped me was, or I was always nervous about applying to applying to things. Cause I felt like I would find something that, that was interesting. I would like bookmark a bunch of things and then I'd be like, okay, I'll just apply to them later. And it really overwhelmed me. So I think some of the things that would help doing the most is um, working on your resume and having a really template resume that um, you can tweak and edit as as you find more different jobs and you can tailor your resume as you go so that you only need to make a few few edits here and there. Um, And having like a set cover letter and resume like that and moving from there. So that's one thing. The other thing is also talking to as many people as you can. I think it's so important to hear from others and their experiences. And even if it's like listening to a podcast, reading different books, talking to your friends and asking what they're thinking about doing, talking to faculty and asking like, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, talking to staff, like anybody and, you know, kind of having that conversation, listening, but also getting the opportunity to also say, say out loud what you're interested in. So one other thing is coming to advising. Um, I'm just plugging advising here. But we're always happy to sort of listen to some ideas that you have too, because I think it's really important to say it out loud because you're going to need to do that a million times when you're going to be doing interviews. You better be good at like saying what you're interested in. And we're happy to sort of listen and flush out those ideas because that was something that helped me the most too. Um, I also know that applying to LinkedIn and going through that is like a black hole sometimes and it feels really endless and there's just so many and so many people have different like you know like there's different ways of yeah yeah it's really crazy how many careers and what different Mm -hmm. careers there are that like you don't you wouldn't think existed it's insane yeah 
yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of terrifying a bit. So I think like realistically, just sort of looking at, um, you know, maybe thinking about, okay, well, I really like being by the ocean or I really, um, you know, financially I need to stay home. And so I need to look at jobs back at home in San Diego or something, having some like constant, something that, that something that you cannot change or something that you really can't compromise. Those are really important things to keep note of. And then just Google searching some of those things and some of those companies or organizations that are out there going directly to their website and seeing their career page and look for jobs that way. Um, sometimes LinkedIn, there's just like a bunch of things and it's hard to flesh out that way. So that might be an option. The last, the last kind of advice that I have is fellowships. Fellowships are just really great opportunities for post post undergrad students. Um, it's, it's a great way to sort of like get your feet wet a little bit in different kinds of fields and environmental studies or different fields of work that you might be interested in doing. I, I might, people might correct me on this and that's, please do, but um, it's sort of like, I wanna say an elevated internship in a way. And some of these fellowships are three months long, six months long, a year long. A lot of them have stipends where they pay you um, a certain amount for the work that you're doing. And there are different types of fellowships that are offered. There's, you know, different ones in, you know, environmental related, some of them may be teaching, um, different fields. And I really encourage you all to sort of look into different fellowships because it's a great way of like, sort of understanding like after you graduate and then sort of not committing to like a full, full-time job, but like sort of getting yourself into some place where there's other recent grads too. So you have a support system and then also a place to sort of, you know, still make money financially supporting yourself, but also kind of figuring out what you want to do a little bit before you commit to a graduate degree or, you know, commit to a certain field. Um, and I think that's a great kind of stepping stone for things too. And a lot of undergrads have done it. A few, one that I can mention is AmeriCorps. So it's Ameri it's spelled AmeriCorps, but it's AmeriCorps. Um, A-M-E-R-I-C-O-R-P-S. Um, it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a, um, pretty big government organization with a bunch of different fellowship opportunities. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of look into a few of those, um, because you might find some really cool organizations that you can work with and then maybe later on work with them full time. And, you know, maybe you might interact with supervisors or peers that um, are, are working in a certain field that maybe require a graduate degree. And then you can decide if you need a graduate degree instead of just like, you know, I, I'm in the comfort zone of like, you know, being a student. So maybe I'll continue being a student, um, which is still OK, too. But, you know, maybe it's important to sort of like understand what kinds of fields you're sort of interested in first and then understanding if you need some something else beyond that. But. Those are my three long tips. Um, what do oh, you those think? Those are great. <laughs> no, yeah, those are great. And I, I think we'd all be happy to talk more about careers and how to go about that at advising, which yeah. leads me to my next question. And that is, what is something that you wish students knew about advising? Yeah, I think that just going off of what you just said, mm -hmm. um, like, we're not just here to we're always here to like help you with like, if you're like, I don't know what to enroll into or like, I don't know if I'm on track. Like it's a judge-free zone. It's, it's a place where we can help you. And hopefully you walk out at over advising and feel like you've been helped. And, you know, maybe some questions you, you might have are answered and, you know, you're worried about something. We'll help you with that. We'll help you to the people that might be able to help you too. Um, so that's one thing, but we're also a place where you can also just vent and tell us, you know, if some, some classes or something going on in your life, that's really challenging for you. And we're happy to help adjust or accommodate the different ways you're going through academically and make that part of your life easier. Um, cause I know there's so many parts of your life right now, especially that are super hard to adjust. You had to, you know, go back home or go back go back to different or go to a living situation or something that's been just really difficult for you. But we're the, we're here to sort of make a, a really big part in your life, which is your academics and your education, a little bit easier and a little bit more manageable. And we're happy to sort of 
you know, bounce ideas back and forth to see what might work best for you. And also with your careers too. And we're, we're happy to talk through that with you. Yeah. What do you think, Kathy? <laughs> yeah, no, I, we know a thing or two about the major itself, but I think also yeah. like we, especially um, me and Hallie, the, co- the peer advisors, um, we're students ourselves. And so I think it's always really nice to talk to other students and know that we're all sort of going through the same thing. Um, even if we're not on campus together and we're all in very different places doing very different, very different, you know, things educationally, but yeah, we're always here to support you guys. So, um, definitely feel free to drop, drop by anytime and sign up for advising because we'd love to talk to y'all about literally anything and everything, environmental studies, life, school, Mm -hmm. anything. So definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. And I think, so you get to talk to a lot of students and, you get to work with Hallie and I, along with like faculty, you get to, you get to do it all pretty much. What do you think is the most rewarding part about being a part of the environmental studies department? Yeah, I think that at one point I was thinking about the fact that I did environmental studies, that major, and I started thinking like, I want to do something for the, you know, to help save our planet and think about ways that I could be a part in that. But I, I'm so lucky to have the position that I'm to be in the position that I am I'm in because I get to help these like really, really inspiring students that I get to meet every single day, you know, finish their degree in environmental studies, take these really incredible classes and hopefully help, you know, be a part in making our world a better place and our environment a better place. And I am ultimately able to sort of like, live out that dream that I had of like hopefully being a part of that and I get to advise you all in all of your really really interesting and really great ways of trying to help the environment in different ways and that's just it's it's constantly really inspiring and I I seriously mean it it's just the drive that all everybody has like especially through this pandemic it's it's really helped me a lot I think that I was feeling really sad I was really feeling hopeless but hearing the amount of students who had all these different ideas and these motivations made me realize, okay, I, if these are the kinds of ideas that they're having, and these are the kinds of hopes that they're having, I, I should also be, you know, excited and motivated too. And, um, it really picks me up every single day. Um, but if I could choose one more thing, it's also being able to work in with alongside faculty and also my, my staff or, you know, Hallie and Kathy and getting to work through different projects that they're interested in doing and, you know, um, working with, working with undergrads. It's just, it's just really exciting time. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I think it's just really rewarding all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I can see that myself just from the like smart part. I do get to play into Mm -hmm. working with uh, a little bit of everyone too. Um, it's always really exciting hearing about things that students are doing and faculty and even you. So yeah, I totally, totally get that. And I think moving along, like in terms of career um, opportunities and what, you know, you see for yourself in your career, do you have any projects, any passion projects, any other like sort of pathways that you would see yourself going, maybe doing more research, you know, what, what does the future look like for you? Yeah, I, I think hopefully, um, I'm not sure. And that's like, okay. I want to emphasize that because like, I feel like every time I hear someone answering that question, it's like, yes, I am like going to do this. <laughs> but they know. To be, yeah, exactly. I, to be honest, like I have no idea. Um, and I'm just kind of like going along with like, I think I'm simultaneously juggling um, kind of things that I really like doing that I, I, I feel really happy doing and, you know, understanding that and um, prioritizing that part. And then also just letting things fall and kind of, you know, like get, uh, not like specifically thinking like this is my path, but just letting things kind of take, letting life go the way it, it's going and just not trying to control it too much. It sounds super cheesy, but I think that's really like helped me along the way. I think that like, just like how I found this job and just like how I, um, 
went through my research project, like as an undergrad and like, just like how I, you know, maybe like in through my undergrad, I was like nervous about making friends and stuff, but like deciding to like hang out with someone, even though I was really, you know, nervous about doing something or, you know, hanging out with someone, I think like, you know, just letting things fall has always led me to some, you know, interesting opportunities that I'm always able to supplement that with support that with, do I like doing this? Am I happy right now? And I, you know, continuing to ask myself those questions has, has always really helped me. And so to answer your question, I don't know, but some of the things that I'm, I'm interested in is obviously continuing to be a part in someone's, someone's way of decision-making. Like I really help I really like watching and helping support someone through their process of getting out of a difficult situation or trying to get to a certain place. And I think those are the things that I really like doing. And those are the things that helped me through Professor Liu or other, you know, you know, really great mentors that I had in my past um, and currently too. Um, and also another thing too, is just, um, you know, working, and something to do with bettering the environment too. I think that's something interesting just within my, you know, the day-to-day -day things that I do, but also educating myself in that way too. But yeah, those are the things that I hope to do roughly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think that's a great answer. There's nothing more terrifying in a way than hearing, yeah. asking someone and then they like, it seems like they have everything figured out and you're like, wow, I know nothing. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I think, yeah, it's, it's very much super realistic to not know. Um, I don't even know. And I'm graduating in a couple months. So, you know, <laughs> we're all, I think it's all about figuring it out step by yeah. step. So I totally agree. I think with that being said, and just being able to be a part of this department um, and seeing the different opportunities, different orgs and different ideas that students have, what are some things that you hope, you know, either to help students like what are some ideas or some opportunities that you hope to see students sort of uh, ask for or help sort of direct um, students towards? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's really great. Um, I, I think um, to put these two questions together, the last question too was, um, I, 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 was, I was really excited about the research that I got to do. And I always was sort of thinking in the back of my mind, like I, I, got to interview all these really incredible people in Okinawa and, you know, hear the daily struggles that they were having. And I wanted to take the, the opportunity, the privilege that I had living in America and, um, you know, getting to go back to Japan and do all these things and hearing the kinds of struggles and issues that they were having and bringing it back to my community and sharing that awareness. I think the, one of the great things that I got to do recently that I hope to do in different spaces was being a part of the Global Environmental Justice Journal on campus. Um, it's, a, it's a relatively new organization, but it feels like they've been around for a while because of how put together they are um, and how like just incredibly organized it is, but it's a student-led organization and um, uh, they have an incredible website. They're called the Global Environmental Justice Journal. And I got to publish my research from undergrad on there. And that was just really, really empowering and mm -hmm. really cool. And um, that's a great organization. Um, on our website at emds.ucsc.edu, we have um, really great organizations that we list too on our website that I encourage you, you all to sort of experience. We have one of the largest farms on a campus uh, at UCSC called the Caspis Farm. There's some really great opportunities there if you're interested in food and agriculture. Um, but there's also some great like resource centers on campus too that are doing incredible work. Um, you know, and FISWIG, the Food Systems Working Group has like, I didn't even know this, but we invited them to our tabling event recently that Hallie organized. And um, they had so many different small sectors of their, their group and they have like a seed library. They have like weekly newsletters with really cool information in there. And um, yeah, they like just some really cool stuff. Like Norris Center also has some really interesting stuff. I can go on, but there's like so many different organizations that um, I think it'd be worth checking out and being a part of on campus. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like you said, the, those are listed on our website. So definitely 
check those out. Um, so many opportunities in the NVS and different like fields in environmental yeah. studies, which is always really nice. But yeah, we are moving on to our sort of our last segment here, which is going to be our drop in hour segment, which is just a quick fire segment with questions that, you know, feel free to answer with short response, however, however you'd like to answer these. But all right, the first one is just, what is your favorite spot location at UCSC? Oh, um, I like the Knoll um, on at Stevenson. It overlooks the East Field, but I also like Oaks Field. It's just so peaceful. Oaks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I personally also really love Oaksfield. I just love Oaks, I think, is what I've come Oaks to realize. Oaks is beautiful. Yeah. It's incredible. And I feel like it, because it's at like the low, lower part of campus, but it's just so, so nice. The sunset at Oaks, amazing. I know. All right. yeah. And also, since it's our first first time doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I, I also want to ask you too, like, um, since our listeners also probably don't know yet. So what's, what about you? What's your favorite place? Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So I just raving about oaks I, I really do love oaks and I especially mm-hmm. there's a scening like um there's just like it's like benches right outside oaks cafe where it's like you can oversee west remote and you but also like it's just so pretty there's like vines around the like benches and stuff I don't know it's just so pretty sitting there really really good times uh, is good yeah oaks Great. cafe is top tier so I have to say about that. But also the farm is just also incredible. Just being able to walk around and our campus having a farm is just amazing. I'm like I said, I was I'm majoring and concentrating in agroecology. But even if you're not into agriculture or whatever, just being able to go to a farm and seeing the farm and seeing all that all the work that they've done um, at the farm is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my favorite spots. Mm, very cool. Um, all right. Next one is what is your favorite food or foods? very up in the air (laughs) I love lemons I I I love everything um I really love lemons like Mm -hmm. I I, um I also maybe in terms of foods wise um I really like Lebanese food and obviously Japanese food I love Korean food um cuisines um and then random stuff right now I'm like really into like the Trader Joe's garlic dip like Kathy and Hallie <laughs> it's so good I love it <laughs> yeah incredible. those are yeah those are my favorite yeah. things what about you oh gosh I <laughs> there's just so much there's so much right now I really since it's like getting hotter ice cream is like I'm getting back from yeah. eating ice cream but I've really been enjoying I've gone to Costco recently and they have like mochi ice cream and it's just so good oh, and it's like yeah and it's like Costco I you know they just have everything at Costco nowadays but that that is probably like my favorite yeah. thing that I've been eating right now um but also my family's from Guatemala and any any Guatemalan food is just really really amazing and oh my goodness so yesterday actually we just had enchiladas which a lot of people think enchiladas and it's like the Mexican food enchiladas but for us it's tostadas with like just um tomato sauce beets and then you can either put meat on it or not depending on your dietary choices but meat um cheese and like this uh cabbage stuff on top of it and it's just so good like beets are so amazing maybe beets maybe I'll say beets too beets are really good I know that's like a very random but so good yeah yeah it's crazy that like when you think about when you pull it up from the oh room, it's just like this crazy purple yeah it's really it's cool. insane yeah. yeah but they really do that yeah, stains are closed that's like the worst part yeah <laughs> um <laughs> all right so the next one this is you can answer all three but what is the best book album slash music or movie that you recently like have been listening to or reading or watch um, well, podcast. This is my favorite podcast now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, hmm. I know that um, the Norris Center, Alex Jones, has a podcast. Um, we'll hopefully add it in our link. Yeah, there we yes. Um, okay. And I also love reading memoirs. Like, I just like I really love reading about different people's lives I'm reading a memoir called eat a peach by David Chang and so I'm reading I love reading food writing memoirs so um I like those 
I'm also reading Minor Feelings by um, Kathy Park, and that's just been kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I I think those are yeah. In, in terms of yeah, in terms of podcasts, another thing is I like Still Processing by the New York Times. Um, yeah, I think those are some of the things I can think of. What about you, Kathy? Yeah, um, I actually just finished. So I, I bought a book a year ago and I just finished it recently. And so that's probably been my favorite thing that I've read just because that's awesome. the only thing. It's super hard to read when you're a student. Yes. I've noticed is like, you're already doing all these readings for class. It's like reading for fun is great, but sometimes I just don't have like the stamina to do that. But the book was called Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. And um, yeah, and I actually got it from the UCSC or not UCSC, but the, like downtown in Santa Cruz there's a bookstore Jacqueline came and signed books and I was able to go get one so it was really cool so gosh that's really cool yeah that was a year ago which is like it's insane it's taking me that long but yeah (laughs) but yeah that is definitely like it was really great I remember I'm incredible yeah it's and they have some really good recommendations I remember um picking up a book because of their like little blurb recommendations and I love like Zadie Smith stuff like Mm. anything written by Zadie Smith is also good too but that's great you finished the book Um, I'm proud of you because it's hard to finish a book yeah Yeah, it really is and I recently just picked up um by Kurt Vonnegut it's called if this isn't nice then what is and or what is and it's about it's like his speeches like commencement and graduation speeches which I thought was like really fitting for the current time period Mm -hmm. of my life where I'm almost graduating so yeah I'm really excited to read that soon <laughs> but all right last question is what is one place in the world that you have not yet visited and maybe you know when all things are better to travel and just yeah or even if like you could go anywhere in the world where would it be mm. I want to go to Hokkaido Japan mm. um, but also just like travel all of Japan um, it's like the most northern part of Japan and I want to visit there when it's the summer because it's just like too hot in Japan. So being in the Northern part is like, it's like a good, good time to be there. Um, Cause in the sun, in the winter it gets way too cold in Hokkaido, but um, they have really good like salmon, um, really good dairy products, but also just has like their, the environment too is just like so beautiful. Um, the mountains, just the agriculture there is really interesting. Um, also from like the video, random videos I've watched from there, like the people seem really nice. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'd also like, yeah, I, I think I'd want to visit there. But what about you, Kathy? Yeah, I, similar, similar enough, I, I want to visit like, um, I want to go and see a lot of the Central American countries. I've oh, only ever okay. gone to Guatemala, but I'd love to go see more. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I've only ever gone to Guatemala. And even then I haven't like, seen a lot of Guatemala I only go to like certain parts like where my family lives so even just traveling more over there just because it's like the biggest thing for me is like food and I'd love to go try all those like countries foods like that's probably the biggest thing I want to do there so yeah yeah that sounds awesome hopefully we can go soon yeah hopefully one day but yeah, this has been really great and it's been really great to hear about just your experiences as an uh, undergraduate student and everything from then to you know where you are now as our graduate undergraduate advisor so thank you so much for joining us and yeah we are really excited to continue this um podcast endeavor so if you all have any questions that you'd like us to ask faculty if you want to see specific people on this podcast feel free to send us an email and let us know at envsadvi at ucsc.edu but following up we will be giving some advising messages in a bit and yeah thank you so much for being on Riri yeah thank you so much for having me all right y'all the advising messages for the week are fall senior seminar early applications have been released and if you're interested in applying go visit our website and get a head start on applying the deadline for both ad drop swap and part-time applications is april 16th declaration and applying to graduate deadlines are on April 30th, and the withdrawal period begins from April 19th through May 7th. Come see us at advising if you have any questions, 
you can sign up for an advising appointment at envs.ucsc.edu forward slash advising and email us if you have any questions. We'll see you all next time.